0: Welcome to Legal Management Talk, the official podcast of the Association of Legal Administrators. I'm your host, Kate Raftery. Today, I'm speaking with Dan Lear, who's a speaker at one of ALA's all-new fall events, C4, the Legal Industry Conference. He'll be with us in Boston in September to guide attendees through the innovative format, which positions them as experts using design thinking to create solutions to industry-wide challenges. Welcome, Dan. It's great to have you on the show.
1: Hey, Kate. Thanks a lot. It's great to be here.
0: Great. Could you tell us a little bit about your background? Sure
1: thing. Uh, So I am a uh, licensed attorney here in the state of Washington, uh, where I live. I live in Seattle. Maybe I'll start with the present and and go back. Currently and for the last year, I have been running an independent uh, consulting firm. And by independent, I mean just me. Uh, Doing consulting for companies at the intersection of law and technology. Um, I sort of fell into that or moved into that sector because uh, for four years prior to that, I worked for a company called Avo, which was a a website, um, a service that helped connect consumers with lawyers. Um, And at Avo, I worked kind of as an evangelist and business development and outreach person to our lawyer audience. And so that was a way that I got to know kind of the, the sector that is at the intersection of law and technology and kind of got got familiar with that area. I did that, as I said, from, from 2014 to 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, I was a practicing technology attorney, again, here in Seattle. And I fell into that because I actually worked as a paralegal at Microsoft for a number of years uh, during law school and which is where I first sort of got my began to cut my technology Oh,
0: cool yeah I was about to say I'm guessing Seattle is a a nexus for that kind of thing (laughs) okay so in regards to C4 probably the first time people will see you is presenting one of the general sessions this one is called legal analysis design methodology and wicked legal problems what will you be discussing there
1: so my hope is, and, and you know, d- design thinking and kind of design methodologies are topics and areas that people have devoted their entire lives to researching and, mm-hmm. and, and kind of examining. So I, I feel like, and being a lawyer, I have to put a caveat on everything. <laughs> um, but my hope is to just spend a few moments introducing the ALA and C4 audience to kind of this, this design thinking methodology and then give them some tools to use because what we'll, we'll actually be doing at C4 after the introductory talks is there will be a chance for folks to work together in groups and apply some of what I talk about and what the conference will sort of bring up to try to solve, you know, quote unquote, wicked problems, either in the legal sector more broadly, or maybe even more specifically applicable to their work situation.
0: So going off of that, attendees will spend most of their time talking about these so-called questions uh, in the context of this conference. What are they?
1: You've actually identified specific topic areas that that uh, working with a panel of experts and folks who are familiar with ALA thought were most sort of pressing and and would be most interesting and compelling for for the workshop, and the topics are pricing and profitability, uh, what we call employee life cycle, uh, both onboarding and offboarding, client experience, non-traditional law firm, and pro- oh, professional development, and the final one is diversity and inclusion. And then what we've done, and I could read these, but it might be just more interesting if I share them with you, and then you post them someplace where your listeners can find them later. We've come up with what we call "how might we" statements for mm-hmm. each of these topic areas. And so what these how might we statements are designed to do is to sort of encapsulate the problem that we have identified and frame it in such a way that um, encourages people to be sort of excited and to be interested in pursuing ideas that might lead to to solutions or at least further uh, development in these particular areas. And I can dive into. if it, it'd be interesting, I'm happy to dive into one or two of them just to give you yeah. a flavor. Maybe that would make sense.
0: How about you dive into the two that, I don't know, maybe you're most interested in, or you most have the most uh, professional experience with maybe?
1: I think they're, and I do think they're all interesting in their own way. Non-traditional law firm is one that I've been paying a lot of attention to lately. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so for non-traditional law firm, we, we've decided on how might we reshape the narrative about the definition of lawyering and the provision of legal services to benefit legal professionals? So, you know, really trying to encourage C4 attendees to think expansively about what the law firm, quote unquote, of the future might look like, or what even the legal services entity of the future might look like. And more specifically, how ALA members might play a role in that. And I really do think, you know, and again, I, I'm sure you folks are, have had these conversations at the ALA, but, and I, and a lot of times what I'm about to say is kind of lobbed as a criticism. And I, and I really don't mean it that way, but there. I think there has for a variety. And again, I don't know if you want to hear all this stuff, Kate. So listeners, feel free to fast forward 15 <laughs> or 30 seconds if this is fascinating. But I do think there has emerged a bit of a stratification in a lot of law firms as far as, you know, who's a quote unquote lawyer and who is not. Mm-hmm. And I, I hold out a lot of hope for those folks who fall into that latter category, you know, not lawyers. I hold out a lot of hope for the future of legal services and the future of the legal sector with this changing notion of, of what legal services are and what a law firm might be, that folks who you know maybe don't wear that lawyer tag in their current organization will find a lot of really interesting growth opportunities as what we think of as an entity that deliver legal services uh, delivers legal services. Evolves into the future, and again, I again, this is where I think it, it should be, or I hope it is really exciting for ALA members.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it is because I think since uh, a large amount of them don't have JDs or LLMs, that they want to be more agile than perhaps the traditional law firm wants to be uh, considering their yeah. business oriented. So, so yeah, I think that'll be interesting for them. Cool. Uh, so moving on to our next question. Um, yeah, we've talked. A- obviously quite a bit about ALA members, but um, our usual crowd of legal management professionals aren't the only ones invited to C4. So why is it important for them to work alongside the other invited people, including business partners, attorneys, legal technologists, and other specialists?
1: Yeah. I mean, well, again, and I go back to this, and maybe this is just a good example. I go back to this notion of the non-traditional law firm, right? Like, As we begin to think more broadly about how a legal services entity might deliver legal services, the need for a much broader set of or a much broader skill set, a much broader set of perspectives and ideas is significant. And so I absolutely welcome uh, additional diverse voices of any kind, be they professional, you know, um, cultural, um, you know, whatever fashion. Um, in order to help us figure out what sort of the future might look like. And so, uh, you know, I I would hope similarly that the ALA audience would welcome that opportunity as well to tap into um, different types of expertise to think about how they can do their jobs better, not only now, but into the future.
0: And then for a final question, ultimately, what do you think will come out of this conference, both in terms of the solutions that people come up with, and the benefit the direct benefits to attendees.
1: To be honest I'm I'm less rosy on although I'm always surprised
0: mm-hmm. on
1: the specific you know kinds of things. I mean these we worked hard on putting these uh, um, these how might we statements together and, and identifying the right categories the likelihood that something super revelatory comes out of our time together in my opinion is rather low for me, and, and this is what gets me excited, is not the hope that we that we solve world peace or climate change at C4, exactly, but that these people get, that, that attendees get a taste of a different way of solving problems. And, you know, the, the title of, of the uh, session, it talks about wicked problems. And wicked problems are these types of problems that have many different factors and for which a lot of data isn't available to even understand them. And I think those are the types of problems that, and this is, A, those are the types of problems that design thinking is best suited to address. Mm-hmm. And they are also the types of problems that I think increasingly people will face in their work lives as we have so much information, some of it conflicting, problems with many different variables. And so I know this is a long answer, but what I really hope is that people will walk away with a tool set or even just an experience of doing something and problem solving in a bit of a different way Mm -hmm. that will enable them to go back to their places of work, maybe even back to their own ventures, if that's what they decide to do, and use this toolkit, use this different way of problem solving to attack wicked problems in their own lives and to kind of stretch their muscles in that way, to grow their businesses and find you know professional fulfillment. So yeah, yeah my hope is is more on the the longer term. Maybe I'm, I'm bullish. Or, I'm more bullish on the the long term than the short term. But I'm also hopeful that we come up with some cool solutions at, at C4 as well.
0: That makes sense. I mean, if it was easy to solve or easy to understand problem, it wouldn't be a wicked problem. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and <laughs> sure. yeah, I mean. Obviously, for example, many years of work have gone into um, diversity inclusion, not only in the legal industry but at all levels of society. So, yeah, it would be very hopeful to think that we could solve that in one conference. But it's a good starting point, I think, for everyone. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking with me, Dan.
1: It's my pleasure, Kate. I'm I'm excited to to be with you folks uh, in, in at C4 in September.
0: Great. You can also read Dan's responses about design thinking and design methodology in our legal management print edition, which will be published and sent around in July. I hope we've both given you some insight into how C4 will go and how you'll feel like an innovator while attending. The early bird registration deadline is August 5th, so make sure to sign up by then to save as much as $200. I'd also like to thank our listeners and subscribers for tuning in. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us, which makes it easier for others to find the podcast. As always, you can learn more about ALA and our upcoming events at alanet.org. Until next time.